When I was in college, I attended the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, and I lived in Ohio. So my favorite mode of transportation besides my parents was the Amtrak train. I remember when I discovered that I could affordably ride to and from college and not have to bother my parents when I was on break. That was awesome. It was inexpensive. The train ride was quiet and mostly uneventful, and the cars were full of passengers. Now, I know that has changed in recent years, and ridership is down, and it's gotten more expensive. But statistically, train rides, trains are the safest mode of transportation, not only for people, but also for goods and hazardous materials. Making trains part of the supply chain, but also part of the supply nightmare. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ayana Explains It All, the podcast hosted by me, Ayana, your Black Muslim lady lawyer, born and raised in the hood, living in the suburbs of Northeast Ohio, giving it to you like you need to have it given to you. <laughs> Every week that I do this, I'm like, I need to come up with a, a catchphrase that really catches people's attention. But uh, Ayana Explains It All is available on now 13 different streaming platforms. So wherever you listen to podcasts, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, I'm also on YouTube, Amazon Music. If you can't find the podcast on any of those platforms, go to my link tree. It's www.lin. K-T-R dot E-E slash Ayana Explains It All, and my page will pop up, and it shows you all of the streaming sites, as well as links you to my social media. Ayana Explains It All is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the TikTok. So <clears throat> this episode is going to be the last for about a week. My son is coming home from college. I mentioned college in the intro. But my son is coming home from college and I want to spend some time with him. <laughs> Psych. But uh, I thought, okay, he takes spring break. Maybe mama should take spring break too, right? Moms get vacations too, right? Right? I know. It'll just be me yelling at him to, to turn his video games down. But so anyway, next week, there will not be a new episode. But after that, we'll get right back into the action. Again, Ayana Explains It All is available on 13 different streaming platforms. You can also email me at ayanaexplainsitall at gmail.com. If email is your thing, I hear people don't use it that often, but I still use it for business. If you have any questions or comments, let me know. You can also like the podcast. You can rate it. You can subscribe. You can review it. I accept all compliments, concerns, and criticisms. This week, I'm going to be talking about not just the train disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, that happened on February 3rd, 2023, but also what's going on with the American railway system. It's in shambles. 
And I'm going to offer something that is pretty radical about um, how we should handle it, what we should do about it. These are, again, my opinions, but my opinions are based in, as I say at the end of the podcast, facts and figures. The enlightenment part is just me telling you to go shove it or to get your shit together. By the way, (laughs) I do cuss in this podcast. So if cussing is not your thing, you know, just turn down the volume when those parts come up or put your fingers in your ears. Anyway, this is uh, the part of being American or being a U.S. citizen that I love. When disasters happen, we all come together, we pitch in, we help out to fix things, to make things better, and then we await the next disaster. We don't really change anything. Like, change happens very slowly here in the United States. By change, I mean systemic, structural, usually have to adopt new regulations, adopt new legislation, and it takes years because they have to study it. They have to study the problem, and then they have to get different parties together, interest groups together, and then they have to get legislature, le- legislators together, and they have to get the people on board with it, right? So train derailments, train accidents are not new. They are not new. They happen so often every year that I am amazed that one makes the news, especially one that did not result in any fatalities. But the one in East Palestine, Ohio, if you haven't heard about it, a train, a Norfolk Southern train derailed on February 3rd, 2023 in East Palestine, Ohio. It's a small town in Ohio with a population of about 4,718 residents. The train derailment caused dangerous hazardous chemicals to spill into the surrounding waterway and sent a plume of smoke into the sky. And people were rightly outraged, right? But did you know that this is not the first time this has happened in the United States? So when we're dealing with disasters like this, we have to ask ourselves, why are we not doing the preventative measures to keep these things from happening? And railway lobbyists and interest groups will say, well, we have all these regulations in place. There are enough regulations. And then we look at the number of disasters Like, the USA Today analyzed 10 years of federal rail incidents reports and found over 5,000 incidents of hazardous materials spilling or leaking from trains that were either in transit or sitting in rail yards. In 2022, rail companies reported over 330 spills or leaks of hazardous materials, of which only six caused an injury. However, the USA Today analysis found that other forms of transportation are much more leak-prone. Again, trains are the safest mode of transportation for chemicals, for people, (laughs) for goods. But for every rail leak reported last year, there were two involving planes and 67 on highways. The Federal Rail Administration data provided to CNN, for instance, showed that 149 incidents where hazardous materials were released from moving trains just over the past decade. So, but it's important to note that the federal data is being self-reported by train companies, making it tough to verify that all the information is accurate. Larger spills happen when trains derail. In 2018, again, a Norfolk Southern train derailed in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, spilling a load of mouthwash. (laughs) 
a load of mouthwash and releasing a strong odor. Concern was also heightened after the Trump administration allowed rail to transport highly explosive liquid natural gas, a rule that the Biden administration halted in 2022. And the real issue, experts are saying, is the risk of derailment and explosion. Obviously, the safety of the communities, the safety of the air and the water, that's the real issue, is that train companies are not concerned enough with safety. They're more concerned with profits. So when regulations are rolled back, the real issue is the risk of derailment and explosion, because now high hazardous materials and other hazardous materials are allowed to be transported through our railways. Kimberly Garrett, a researcher and expert at Northeastern University, told CNN that if natural gas were to have a derailment like the vinyl chloride of the East Palestine Norfolk Southern train, it would be devastating. In Ohio, as a matter of fact, from January 2018 through November 2022, there were 281 incidents involving trains from derailments to collisions. And the number one culprit is Norfolk Southern. They were involved in 129 of those accidents. This is just in the state of Ohio. I guess someone has to be number one. (laughs) And then CSX came in at number two with 106. So so Norfolk Southern and CSX are the number five and number three, respectively, leading profit makers in the railway industry. They account for over $23 billion in revenue and employ over 45,000 people combined. So why are billion-dollar corporations that are responsible for the most accidents not held to account for them besides dozens and dozens of lawsuits, but instead, Americans, when something like this happens, when a train derailment happens and there's a fire and there's leaks, we tend to blame the government, right? It's the government's fault. It's Joe Biden's fault. It's Pete Buttigieg's fault. And then we call on the government to act when something goes awry. But truthfully, as in the the case of the East Palestine, Norfolk Southern train derailment, so far what we know is that it is the fault of the train. It's the train. Something malfunctioned on the train. And before the operator of the train had a chance to notice, the train had, had already derailed. That was it. Not to mention there were only three people on this train. One of them was a conductor trainee. And yeah, if there's an environmental disaster like the poisoned drinking water in Flint, Michigan and Jackson, Mississippi, or the Gold King mine spill of 2015 in Colorado, government agencies do step in to monitor, to help with cleanup efforts, to help with relocating uh, residents and such. The EPA, for instance, the Environmental Protection Agency, is the federal agency responsible for regulating and enforcing laws related to environmental protection. They're currently in East Palestine, measuring the impact of the chemical spill on the surrounding community and waterways and air quality. But as of right now, the responsibility for the cleanup is on Norfolk Southern. They caused the derailment. Their train caused the derailment. 
their train caused the derailment. It is their job to clean it up. The EPA has stepped in because really public pressure, but there's nothing that they can do unless they determine that the parties responsible are not acting within the best interest of the people as far as cleanup and making sure that the air quality is good and the water quality is good. If they see people failing, the leadership failing, they'll step in and be like, okay, this is a, we're, we're going to take over this. Or if they declare it a Superfund site, I don't think they're going to get to that point. It doesn't seem to be as bad as something that would require being declared a Superfund site. But right now, the EPA is there. For some reason, Aaron Brockovich is there. If you remember the movie, I don't even remember the name of that damn movie. Was it called Aaron Brockovich? She became an attorney after she helped her law firm take down a big oil and gas company that was poisoning the water of the surrounding community. But also, Donald Trump has been there. Why the hell is he there? And I had this argument with some people online Y'all know I hate to argue. I hate to argue, but I do it anyway. The point that I made to people is that this is not time for political posturing. This is not time to shake hands and take pictures with people. You're flying into this, to this town with your big fucking airplane and you're saying, oh, you will not be forgotten. First of all, Donald Trump can't do shit. He can't do anything. He can donate some water, but there were also already organizations in the surrounding communities, churches and such, that were doing that. These people had it handled. What they wanted and what they deserved from their government, that is from the state of Ohio first, is assurance that the water is clean. They were evacuated from their homes because it was really bad for a couple days, and then they were allowed to go back. But now the water... It's already killed thousands of fish in the waterways. People are scared to drink the water, and I don't blame them. So they're receiving bottled water from different organizations. There's also a medical clinic that's been set up for free medical care. But people, <laughs> but no, really, honestly, when this happened, this was February 3rd, right? So this was, what, a couple days or so before the Super Bowl. People were really focused on the Super Bowl. They really were. Like this happened in Ohio and some Ohioans, I remember when it happened, some Ohioans were like, oh, wow, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. It didn't pick up steam until after the, C the Super Bowl and celebrities started tweeting about it and people started paying attention to it and people were putting videos on TikTok saying, help us, help us, help us, please. And so help arrived. They got help. But the problem is that some people are using this, this tragedy, really, because it destroyed thousands of fish. It's impacted an ecosystem, really. That's the real tragedy. But the responsibility falls on Norfolk Southern to clean it up. The responsibility falls on the state of Ohio to help with those efforts and to properly punish the people responsible, the Ohio Department of Transportation. The government, the federal government, steps in if more funds are needed. But Mike DeWine has already said that he received a call from Joe Biden. He didn't return the call. He doesn't need federal money. And see, this is, this is the same thing that happened in Mississippi 
when the federal government offered to help Jackson, Mississippi with their water problems. And the governor said, fuck you, we don't need your money. And now the EPA has taken over the case. The government is suing the state of Mississippi. And we're seeing that racism played a role in the declining of funds. So when they say, fuck you, we don't need your money, there's a reason. It's because they don't want to fix these problems. They want to sweep them under the rug. They want to get on with business as usual. They don't care about these. Not only do they not care about these, you know, somewhat big cities where black people live, they also don't give a fuck about these small towns where white people live. East Palestine is a small town, but it's, you know, in a red political voting area. But these people are not wealthy people. So if you're poor, no one gives a fuck about you. If you're black, when the shit hits the fan, no one's going to give a fuck about you. And it's sad. It's sad that, I mean, the, the federal government is saying, here, take the money. And they're like, no, we don't need it. But there are people on TV crying because they feel sick. They don't trust the water. They don't want to drink the water. There are people who, you know, where they're told to evacuate their homes. There are people who had no fucking else where to go. So the glibness, the really the, the, the glib attitudes, the arrogant attitudes, there's no room for that here. You have to, you have to, you have to be humble in the face of these tragedies. You, you don't have it all under control, Mr. DeWine. You don't. And I tell you why. Because there are train accidents and derailments happening in Ohio, hundreds of them every year. And you're not doing anything to prevent this from happening. Except, again, swooping in and helping with the cleanup. When if you all would just do some work on the other end of that spectrum, the preventative work, these things would decrease. And dare I say, stop happening altogether. So the EPA is in East Palestine. They activate their national response team when something terrible happens, such as a, an oil spill or a chemical release. And now the EPA has regulations in place that require companies to report any environmental accidents or incidents that may result in a release of hazardous materials. But these regulations, while they aim to prevent disasters by providing companies with guidelines and standards for handling and storing hazardous materials, the EPA said that there were chemicals spilled into the local waterways that led to the Ohio River, and much of that had been contained. They did, I believe it was a slow release of all of the chemicals, and it went into the water to prevent a larger spill. They did a slow release to prevent a larger accident, and it's been mostly cleaned up, mostly. But I saw videos, people were looking into the water, and it looks, it looks like, you know, that, that rain puddle at the gas station that has those rainbow colors in it. <laughs> You're at the gas station and you see that on the ground? That's like gasoline mixed with water. That's what it looks like. So there was an initial plume of chemicals that was spilled into the waterway. And that made it into the Ohio River. But officials said that they exist in very low concentration and they are working with water facilities on enhanced filtration so they are not passed on to water customers. But the EPA and Ohio state officials 
urge residents in Palestine, in East Palestine to continue to drink bottled water for now. And I believe yesterday I saw a video of Mike DeWine and some dude from the EPA drinking a glass of tap water out of a home in East Palestine. And I thought, hmm, where have I seen this before? All right, Flint, the mayor of Flint, drinking a glass of Flint, dirty ass, chemical infested, lead poisoned water to assure everyone that everything was okay. And it wasn't okay. This was before the EPA came in and told them to clean up their shit. We're taking over. We're cleaning this up. He got on there and he drank some water. He's like, mm, ah, delicious. So this is what they're doing. You see how we, we, we're, we're repeating shit. Like we don't learn. <laughs> we don't learn a fucking thing. We do not learn. We don't learn. That's why these things keep happening. And then we're haughty. And then we, we just want to we want to show that we have everything under control, that we've maintained control. Because, you know, if you're a governor or a mayor, that's your job to maintain control, to reassure the people that everything is is OK. But these people go so far with these fucking stunts, man. Nobody tell you to drink a glass of water. You had to do shit. All you had to do was say, we're going to make sure your water is clean and then take your ass home. No, we're going to show you. Look, the water isn't poison. I didn't turn to stone. I didn't, I wasn't set ablaze. That dude probably went home and vomited. <laughs> probably made an appointment to see his doctor and was like, no, doc, I drank some of that water. I was trying to, to show people that it was okay to drink. And now my tongue, my tongue is turning white. But back to explaining what happens with trains when they transport hazardous materials. There's a threshold for reporting to the states. If a train is not considered a high hazardous material train, then companies do not have to alert the states of the chemicals being carried by freight. That regulation came into play in 2015 when federal regulators changed the rules in an effort to make chemical transport safer for surrounding communities but it did not go quite far enough. An article published by AlleghenyFront.org says, these rules were written during a period of high-profile rail accidents involving crude oil trains, including the Lac Mégantique, the, the Quebec disaster in 2013 that killed 47 people. But ultimately, regulators allowed exemptions in the rules that the North Folk Southern train was operating under when it derailed in East Palestine. The final rules published in 2015 mandated tighter regulations for high hazardous flammable trains. The final rules published in 2015 mandated tighter regulations for high hazardous flammable trains. That's high hazardous flammable trains in quotations. But the government defined these as trains carrying crude oil and other liquid fuels. Flammable gases like vinyl chloride, which the Norfolk Southern train in East Palestine was carrying, were excluded from the regulations against the recommendations of the National Transportation Safety Board. The NTSB also recommended these trains have electronically controlled pneumatic braking systems, which studies have shown are better than the kinds of air brakes that were on the Norfolk Southern train. What do you think Norfolk Southern thinks of that? 
Hated it. (laughs) (laughs) They don't like it. They don't like the pneumatic braking systems. They don't like them. They don't want them. They don't give a fuck. According to the New York Times, lawmakers and safety advocates said that the regulations passed in 2015 did not go far enough in protecting the public. While industry representatives said some provisions would be costly and yield few safety benefits. More than two years in the making, the rules followed a spate of derailments, explosions in oil fields, such as the one in Quebec, around the country that highlighted the hazards of shipping large quantities of potentially explosive material on rails. But you know what? If it's shipped in a truck, it's still hazardous. It's still a safety hazard. It still runs the risk of, you know, it crashing and the chemicals being spilled onto the highway, into the water, you know, causing fire and and air pollution, there's still that risk. As I said before, trains are the safest, but safe if rules are followed. (laughs) It's safe if they follow the fucking rules. It's safe if, if they update their trains. It's safe if the railways are actually updated. The aging, aged railways are updated. Then it's safe. You got to do all this shit before you get to safety, before you get to safe. But the industry has pushed back on these regulations. Trump rolled back some regulations and then Biden comes in and he's like, hey, no, we need this to be back in place. And there, then there were some that he was like, eh, it can stay rolled back. But we know what interests are at play here. It's a little bit of little bit of safety, mostly profit. Profits over people, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the United States. So the New York Times says that the regulations introduce a new tank car standard for oil and ethanol with better protections. Regulators retreated from a provision that would have forced railroads to notify communities of any oil train traffic. Imagine if you had to call up the the fire department and the police department and say, hey, we're coming through. Just imagine how long that would take. Just like a phone call. How long that would take. You had to tell a mayor, hey, we're coming through. Imagine how long that takes. It must take like what? A few seconds? A few minutes? What do I know? What do I know? I don't work on trains. I don't work in trains. I'm not a first responder. Maybe it takes longer than that. Maybe there are all these procedures. They Maybe they have tricky phones on, uh, on trains. I don't know. Instead, railroads will need to have only a point of contact for information related to the routing of hazardous materials. No surprise, the Railroad Association pushed back hard on the new regulations, wanting inexpensive and more company-convenient measures noting that current rules had already been environmentally and community conscious. Listen, (laughs) we're aware, okay? We're aware of the fucking communities. We're aware. Isn't that enough? We're aware that we're shipping through places where people live. We're aware of the babies. We're aware of the mamas and the dads. We're aware of the grandmas, brothers and sisters. We are conscious, okay? We're not going to come and, like, trample on your grass, We're just trying to get this from point A to point B. 
the Railroad Association estimated in the comments filed to the Transportation Department in 2015 that installing the new brakes, the electronically controlled brakes, would cost $9,665 per tank car. Now, I mean, I know that's a lot of money, but you guys are worth like $24 billion. <laughs> the, rail race, the Railway Supply Institute, which represents tank car makers, also pushed against the use of those brakes, saying their effectiveness was not proved and would not provide a significant safety advantage, a lie. Transportation officials said that the new type of brakes were already in use by some railroads for other types of commodities. Their use would decrease the chances of a catastrophic pileup, reduce the number of punctured cars in an accident, or allow train operators to stop faster if there was an obstacle on the tracks. And a central question before the administration at the time was to determine what level of protection the new generation of cars would have and how quickly to roll them out. So the new rules from 2015 create a new, created a new standard called high hazard flammable trains. And those trains are defined as a continuous block of 20 or more tank cars loaded with flammable liquid or 35 or more tank cars loaded with a flammable liquid dispersed through a train. Now, Norfolk Southern, the train in East Palestine from Norfolk Southern, was not a high hazard flammable train. And apparently, this is when Mike DeWine first learned of this rule. Because now he wants to change it. He's outraged and he wants to change it. Well, sir, it was your people, and by your people, I mean Republicans, who were pushing against these regulations, these heavy, heavier regulations. So this was the actual compromise that the Democrats and transportation officials could get through with the rail companies and the Republicans. So if you want this change, you need to talk to your people. You need to talk to your people. And guess what they're going to say? They don't give a fuck. Why? Because things like this are rare. This is actually rare. A train derailment with a chemical spill is rare. But even rare things happen. They happen. And when they happen, you see the cost of it, millions of dollars. The relocation. Now Norfolk Southern is saying that they have to tear up train tracks to do the cleanup. Imagine the billions of dollars this is going to cost them, the state, the people. But no, you all don't want regulations. You want fewer regulations. And so when something happens, you're like, oh, we'll just throw some money at it to clean it up. We love after the fact shit. We don't love, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, I'm for freedom and less government control. We don't like government control until something happens, and then we want the government to control this from happening again. But you don't want government control. But you want government, but you don't, but you do, but you don't, but you do. Give me a fucking break. So the hope was that in 2018, the rule would phase out older tank cars, and then newer tank cars would be retro, would be retired or refitted by 2020. But non-high-hazard flammable trains did not need to be phased out or retrofitted. Again, the train, the Norfolk Southern train in East Palestine, it's a non, it was a non-high-hazard flammable train. So it did not need to be phased out or retrofitted. 
it could keep doing its chitty chitty bang bang, rolling along, Thomas the Tank Engine shit, and it'd be just fine, right? And boom, boom, boom. What's that noise from Price is Right when somebody loses one of their games? <laughs> and as I said before, flammable gases such as vinyl chloride are not phased into the high hazard rule. The train in East Palestine carried flammable liquids, butyl acrylates and benzene, but also vinyl chloride. The tank carrying the butyl acrylates was breached and the entire load was lost in the spill and subsequent fire. Placing blame on the railroads, Jack Girard, the chief executive of the American Petroleum Institute, said regulators should focus instead on preventing derailments and enhancing track inspections and maintenance. Wow. How do you prevent derailments without involving the train operators? Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, there has to be some involvement of the actual <laughs> users of the fucking trains to prevent derailments. I know it's not all on them, okay? America has a severely aged railway system, but you can't put it all on the government either. Because as you can see, these people push back on regulations to fix their train cars, to make them safer. They don't want that. They don't want more regulation. They don't want more safety. In fact, Norfolk Southern boasted that it exceeds what the government requires. And because these train companies, is really a monopoly. It's like a few companies that are doing this, that are moving things, moving things by freight, by freight train. And they've been doing this for decades, some hundreds of years. So what are you going to do? You're going to put them out of business? I mean, we could. <laughs> I've seen airlines sued into bankruptcy. <laughs> but seriously, if, you know, if like Mitt Romney said, if corporations are people, well, then these people are not our friends. And regulations are not legislation. Regulations and legislation are not the same thing. Regulations can be rolled back easily, as we saw when Trump rolled railway regulations back when he entered office, or they can be reinstituted back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But they can also be harmful. And even government agencies, when they step in to help, can do more harm than good. For instance, EPA regulations can hinder economic growth and innovation. Industries might need to invest in expensive pollution control measures, which could increase production costs and make them less competitive in the global market. But environmental disasters, hello, are far more costlier economically and socially. Failing to regulate industries and businesses could lead to environmental disasters such as oil spills, toxic waste dumps, and air pollution. Again, legislation is better. But we know how hard it is to get a law passed in this country. It's really, really hard, right? You got to get the parties to come together to agree. Or you have to have control of both houses and the presidency 
When do we see that? We see that rarely, right? We had it for a minute with Joe Biden. Republicans almost had it <laughs> with Donald Trump. Obama had it for a while, but it just keep the, the party power shifts so much. But I think they can both agree that what is happening with the American railway system is a, a travesty. It's a disaster. All of these derailments and accidents keep happening, and we're not doing enough to prevent them. And now with the bar bipartisan infrastructure bill, the U.S. has designated billions of dollars to fix the aging railway system. So that is a plus. That's a positive. That was both parties coming together because they all share an interest here. They all share an interest in having bridges repaired, railways repaired, water, water ways cleaned up, dams repaired, roads repaired, highways, byways, freeways. They all have some interest in this. That's why you'll see Biden with uh, Mitch McConnell and then the governor of West Virginia. You'll see them coming together because all of these states have something in them that Americans use and rely on every day that if it were to fail would be catastrophic. No clean water, catastrophic. Bridge collapse, catastrophic. Dam collapse, catastrophic. So they all came together, they worked on this, and they said, hey, yeah, we're going to put more money in this, finally. Finally. Do you know how hard it was to get people on board to invest in the infrastructure of this country? It should have been a no-brainer. No-brainer. You don't need to think, you don't need to overthink it. You don't need to think about, yes, let's just do it. But no, it took decades. Because it wasn't a priority. Because, hey, if you can still get in your car and drive to work, or you can just wake up and walk to work, what the fuck do you care if somebody can't use a highway because it's full of craters and, and the bridges are, are crumbling? People love to see what is in it for them. We have that cash register mentality. What is in it for me? Before I get involved, I want to know what is in it for me. Not, oh, well, this will help somebody I know. No, it's, if there's nothing in it for me, I don't want to be bothered. If there's nothing in it for the people in my state, I don't want to be bothered. I'm not voting for it. I'm not pushing for it. I don't care. I don't care if they have clean water. We have clean water here. I don't care if people in Mississippi don't have clean water. We have it in Ohio, so what? You have to not only care, you have to put yourself in the shoes of other people, which is called empathy. You have to empathize with other people. You can't just be for self. That is my stance. I maintain that. I will die on that hill. Empathy is what's going to save us. Empathy is what separates us from the monsters. But getting back to America's aging railway system, America's railway system is one of the oldest in the world with some tracks and bridges dating back to the 19th century. The infrastructure is aging and deteriorating, and the system faces significant challenges in meeting the needs of modern transportation. There are over 140,000 miles of track across the country, and most of it is in need of repair or replacement. 
So even though railway corporations had to make adjustments to train cars due to new regulations, they ran these trains on the same tracks that Ma and Pa Ingalls used to visit, used to visit the big city. Listen, I am I grew up on Little House on the Prairie, right? When these people took the train anywhere, like it would take a fucking week to get somewhere. <laughs> it would be even worse if they had to use the horse and buggy. But when they got on the train, they would get dressed up. They looked fancy. They had, the women had their bonnets. The men had on their suits. But they knew they were going to be on that train for a while. So some of the railroads, some of the railroads used in the 1800s, they still exist. Still, they could be, you know, what are they, the national monuments at this point. One of the primary issues, which was recently ameliorated, is the lack, was the lack of investment with many tracks, bridges, and other critical components in need of repair. The railway system's outdated technology and equipment make it less efficient and less able to compete with other forms of transportation. So this has led, as I mentioned before, to a decline in passenger rail travel and a shift towards trucking for freight transportation. So the federal government under President Biden passed the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, which increased funding for infrastructure improvements and the implementation of new technologies, i.e. high-speed rail. Could we see high-speed rail like they have in Japan? Could we see that? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would do a lot of people a lot of good. I think we're afraid of that. I think, <laughs> you know, it's hard to get Americans on board with new technology because a lot of us still think that the, the old way of doing things is the most reliable and the best way. The old way of, you know, the gas operated everything. We're shy to adopt electricity as a mode of getting things done. Farm equipment, vehicles. Changes are slow. Americans are slow to adapt. But I love, I love the technological advances. And I would love to see high-speed rail, something that could take you from, say, the top of your state to the bottom of your state in an hour. Like for states like Texas and California, that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. In Ohio, you go from Cleveland to, say, Cincinnati, it's a four-hour drive. If you could get there in two hours or one hour, and not have to get on a plane, that would be fantastic. But even with improved rail cars and investment in infrastructure and implementing new technologies, nothing, nothing moves as slick as corporate greed. Norfolk Southern, as I mentioned it before, Norfolk Southern, as I spoke about before, so Norfolk Southern has the highest accident rate in Ohio and is among the highest in the nation as well. It, is, it has the second highest accident rate nationally among the seven major freight railroads each year since 2019, according to the Federal Railroad Administration data. Railroads routinely, routinely prioritize profits over safety. This is an opinion, but it's also a fact. And this quote comes from Bob Comer, who's a national railroad safety expert. He said that if airline, if any airline planes crashed at the rate that Norfolk Southern logs accidents, the planes would be grounded and the airlines sued into bankruptcy. 
Comer notes that after investigating more than 800 train crashes, most major rail companies have moved to operating longer trains with a mix of freight to haul more loads on fewer trips with fewer workers. Again, most major companies have moved to operating longer trains with a mix of freight to haul more loads on fewer trips with fewer workers. Safety is less a concern versus hauling as much product as possible for as much profit as possible. There were three, remember, three workers on the Norfolk Southern train in East Palestine. Three. Three workers to monitor 150 cars. And one of those people was a conductor trainee for 150 fucking cars. Norfolk Southern is seeing more accidents, even though its trains are logging fewer miles than they did 10 years ago. Why? Well, human error is routinely cited as the cause of most Norfolk Southern accidents. It was listed as 59% of the cause of its 229 accidents in 2022. Norfolk Southern had 12 derailments in Ohio in 2022 that included a spill of paraffin wax. That one was a problem. That one was a problem. A spill of trash and a spill of rock salt. Release of chemicals like vinyl chloride, as in the recent derailment, is rare. Said that before, it's rare. Though Norfolk Southern has quadrupled the number of trains carrying hazardous materials, it has lowered the number of trains releasing hazardous materials over the past decade. Great. Great. Thank you, Norfolk Southern. Thank you. Norfolk Southern said, the accidents are going down, so what's your problem? (laughs) They're exasperated. They don't understand. Why is everyone so mad? Why are people upset? We've reduced the number of accidents. Can you see that? Our our safety uh, protocols, they exceed what the government requires. Why are you mad? I'll tell you why people are mad. Because the railway industry is profit-driven capitalism at its worst. At its fucking worst. So the RWU, which is the Railroad Workers United, released an informative statement regarding the East Palestine, Ohio accident. Their press release, titled Fiery Ohio Trainwreck, the Result of PSR, argues that the disaster could have been prevented, calling the derailment a 19th century style mechanical failure of an axle. The statement blames a Wall Street backed deregulation model known as Precision Scheduled Railroading, PSR. What is PSR? Now, this is going to sound like some um, executive corporate gobbledygook, but (laughs) there are five foundations of PSR that is provide service, two, control costs, three, optimize assets, four, operate safely, five, develop people. And then there are seven PSR service designs. Minimize car dwell time in yards. Minimize car classifications. 
have more than one way to move cars to a destination, run general purpose trains, balance train movements by direction, minimize power requirements, and strive for steady workflow. But PSR, over time, has permitted more train weight and length than previously authorized. And according to the RWU, the policy has generated more crashes and increased stress and fatigue for workers. While the Norfolk Southern train in East Palestine had a crew of three people, an engineer, a conductor, and a conductor trainee, PSR proponents state that only one crew member should perform all three jobs. All three jobs. So in, this, in essence, they're saying they only needed one person. For 150 fucking cars. Are you kidding me? Yet the fact is that safe staffing levels, rigorous oversight, and routine inspections result in fewer accidents. Again, safe staffing levels, rigorous oversight, and routine inspections result in fewer accidents. A train of three or even one, it's not a safe staffing number. It's not. Less oversight is not safe. Fewer inspections is not safe. You know, the time to do an inspection is between 45 to 60 seconds. Not minutes. 45 to 60 seconds to inspect 150 fucking railroad cars. 200, 300, 45 to 60 seconds. PSR is another profit-driven, cost-cutting model or scheme in this case stresses the RWU. They say that railroad barons and train operators have been lobbying Congress to deregulate the railroad industry for decades. Yes, deregulate, deregulate, deregulate. That's what all these industries want. That's what car manufacturers want. That's what airlines want. They all want to be deregulated. Why? So they can put more people in the things to get them from point A to point B so they can sell more people more things so they can make more things and sell more things <laughs> to people so they can crank out more widgets and put more pollution into the air. The more things we have, the better, right? Because if they have to go overseas, God forbid, they have to go overseas and make all the things, you guys are going to be upset. You're going to be upset that not everything is made in America and the cost of doing business here is, is so high that they have to go to China and India and Vietnam. Yeah, and look at what you all have done to these places. Look at what you've done to these places. You haven't made, you haven't enriched these places. No, absolutely not. They're not wealthier because you're there. They're not more jobs because you're there. There are people being treated like shit, working longer hours in these factories, making and boxing and shipping. And look at the air quality. Look at the water quality. My God. But if you're here in the United States, you're going to be regulated. And yeah, it's going to cost you money. But guess what? The people will be safe. The people will be safe. The air will be better to breathe. The water will be cleaner to drink. I'd rather have that than dirty air and dirty water and people working in fucking sweatshops. 
Now, I know we got some sweatshop shit going on here. And I know that there are companies that even use child labor. They're using children to clean up slaughterhouses and chicken sorting factories. They're using children, these private corporations. The labor board busts these places up all the fucking time and they find 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. You might be saying, oh, well, that's fine. They need to work anyway. No, they don't need to do that. These people are not following any labor laws. No child labor laws are they following. That's why they do it in the cover of darkness. That's why they sneak and do it because they know they're not supposed to. This is how they get around regulation. They sneak and they rely on people to not say anything. But ultimately, something happens. Some kid gets sick. I read one story where a child got sick and had to go to the hospital, and that's how they found out that these kids were cleaning up slaughterhouses. It's sick. It's sick. They don't want to be regulated? Fine. Fine. But guess what? You got to be anyway. Because look at what happens when you can skirt the regulations. Safety is aborted. Safety is sidestepped. Communities are impacted. But now this PSR model gives corporation bosses excessive discretion in all operations. The RWU revealed in a report on February 8th that Norfolk Southern shareholders helped kill a federal safety rule aimed at upgrading the rail industry's Civil War era breaking systems. The report states, documents show that when current transportation safety rules were first created, a federal agency sided with industry lobbyists and limited regulations governing the transport of hazardous compounds. The decision effectively exempted many trains hauling dangerous materials. We talked about that in 2015. So there were regulators who sided with industry lobbyists. And they said, okay, we'll leave some of these chemicals out. But these right here, we absolutely must, you must report, please. (laughs) The decision effectively exempted many trains hauling dangerous materials, including the one in East Palestine, Ohio, from the high hazard classification and its more stringent safety requirements. Now, what I think, this is what I think now, and I know people are going to be screaming, socialist, socialist. Perhaps it is finally time to nationalize the U.S. railway industry just so we can get this shit together, just so we can get these trains together, these railways together, just so we can work on bolstering the number of workers who work for these companies who are put on these trains. Norfolk Southern has reduced its workforce so severely that the fact that it had three people on a train is amazing. It's amazing. They have trimmed their workforce and they're still worth billions of dollars. So maybe it's time to nationalize the the railway system. Take it over. Take it over just to make it better. You know, there are other countries who have 
There are countries with nationalized railway systems, some partially, some completely. Russia, Argentina, Canada, France, Germany, India, Ireland, Italy. And I believe the UK has a partially nationalized train system. But they did this because part of it was because of war. Sometimes they had to take over shit after war. But also it was so that they could improve the railway systems and finally get this shit under control and not have to depend on corporations who were driven by profit to do it. And maybe that is what we need to do. Bust up these monopolies. Bust up this lobbying. Railroad, railroad companies lobby against regulation to reduce costs, reduce inspection times, and reduce their workforce to maximize profits, thereby increasing, increasing the risk of accidents. What we see now are very long and heavier trains aimed at increasing profits. They see the competition coming from trucks that are hauling hazardous materials. Companies are doing business elsewhere, and they're like, no, no. Look at this. We got a longer, heavier train. You could put more in here. And you could just move it, you move it from A to B. You don't even have to tell nobody. You gotta tell nobody what's on it. The labor union, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, noted that very long trains can lead to interruptions in radio communications with crew members or wayside defect detectors. There are no regulations for wayside detectors. The longer the train, the harder it is to break. And inspections, as I said before, occur within 45 to 60 seconds. There is no minimum inspection time. There is no minimum inspection time. They can do 10 seconds if they wanted to. This should not be happening. This should not be happening. And seeing as how when the government comes in, because again, people want the government to step in, the government steps in and they try to regulate. And what happens? They get pushback. They get so much pushback from the industry, from their lobbyists, from people in the government that it then becomes impossible to change these rules. So either we're going to nationalize this or we're going to pass legislation that finally gets them to take seriously the safety of the communities that they're traversing through. Norfolk Southern has, as I said before, reduced its workforce it by 40% in 2021. So because there is no minimum inspection time, that increases the likelihood of a catastrophe. And the FRA does not place limits on freight train length, but it notes that the longer trains increases safety concerns. Think about it. Yeah, this is a problem, but we're not going to do anything about it. Nothing we can do about it. What do you want us to do about it? The increase in accidents is also directly correlated with the reduction in workforce. So there are fewer people available to man these longer, heavier trains. And these things are moving through our towns carrying hazardous materials that they don't have to tell anyone about. 
and these trains that did not have to be updated or retrofitted are moving along an aging rail system. They're failing and they're spilling chemicals into our communities, into the waterways, into the air. And all we're doing is saying, please, Mr. President, help us. We have the power here. We have the power here to push for something better. If enough people want it, it will happen. If more regulation is what's needed, then that is what we should push for. If legislation is needed, which I believe is the, the answer, legislation is needed. Nationalization is needed to get this under control. To finally get all of these trains fixed, to finally get the railway system fixed, to put in place regulations that are standard across the board that everyone has to follow, no matter what kind of hazardous chemical or whatever you're carrying, you have to alert. You have to alert the authorities, the police, the firefighters, the mayors, the governor. You have to let people know what is coming through their community. And you have to do it in a timely fashion. You have to inspect your train cars. You have to make sure that the railroad cars are updated, that they have safe braking systems. You have to make sure that there are a sufficient number of people on the train monitoring the train. But you're not going to do that. Corporations, they're not going to do it because that costs money. That costs money. And they're about saving money. Why? You've laid off thousands of people. <laughs> who, are, who are you trying to, to, to save money for? Oh, right. The CEOs who are making hundreds of millions of dollars. So the only way to eliminate these increased risks of catastrophes is to take their power. The government can make the necessary changes with an eye on safety and not concern itself with profit. As long as these companies are beholden to maximizing their money, they will do the minimum and hope for the best. And then they'll just fight the lawsuits in court. They have the best lawyers. They really do. But in the U.S., we find that any time you mention making something nationalized versus privatizing it, people scream, socialist, socialism, that's socialism. You're a socialist. And socialism is bad, right? Nationalizing something to upgrade it, to help it, to keep it from fucking up communities is not socialism. We're trying to make this better for you people. But hey, if you don't want it, <laughs> if you don't want it, you can have whatever the fuck is going on in East Palestine. You could drink your uh, ice mountain water. You can uh, cancel your fishing plans for the summer. People ask, where's Joe Biden? Where's where's Pete Buttigieg? What are they going to do about this? What the hell do you want them to do? You're not doing anything. You're not ask, asking your legislators for more regulations. You've got these long ass trains moving through your communities. You see them. Pretty, it's pretty hard to ignore a 150 car train. You see them. Do you ever wonder what's on these trains? 
Do you ever wonder why the trains look like they're bigger and longer and heavier? Do you ever wonder why 150 fucking cars? There must be something on there. Why don't we know about this? I bet you'll want to know about it now, won't you? Federal government is not, you know, the Avengers. They're not DC comic heroes. They're trying to get regulations passed, trying to put more regulations in place to maintain safety for the American people, to maintain health and, sa health and safety of the populace. But corporations don't like it. Their CEOs don't like it. And the people who are being bought by these corporations, yeah, I'm talking about politicians, they don't like it either. So while you're hollering for deregulation and your politicians are hollering for deregulation, this is what deregulation looks like. East Palestine is what the fuck deregulation looks like. You all are on the horn, on your TikToks, on TV. Where's, where's the president? You all like deregulation. But when something happens as a result of deregulating, as a result of decreased regulations, you want to blame the people. You're upset with the people who put the regulations in place. But they could only do so much because they got pushback from politicians on the other side who get pushback from lobbyists and special interest groups. So what you need to be doing instead of whining and complaining is calling your legislators, Congress, Senate, the ones in the state and at the federal level and telling them, hey, you know, you see how uppity and upset Mike DeWine got when he found out that these that the, the Norfolk Southern didn't have to alert the state because it wasn't carrying high hazardous materials. Get that upset. Get more upset than that. Because he's going to be upset for a little while and then this is going to go away. He'll move on to something else. And it'll be you still drinking fucking bottled water. The people have the power to push for legislation and nationalization of the railway system to improve it, to make it better, to prevent catastrophes. Will we do it? Or will we wait and see what's in it for us? And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by facts, figures, and enlightenment. Take care.